0: Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW.
1: To the second episode of season five. Today we are going to discuss doggy daycares and how to choose one that's suitable for your pup. So let's go.
0: Yes, pushing through the storm ahead.
1: Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. So like all things in life, not all doggy daycares are created equally. So similar, not to draw comparisons,
0: but... We we listened to the dog free episode. We got this.
1: (laughs) Similar to a children's daycare, you'll see different methodologies, different settings, different environments. Um, and different types of activities. So doggy daycares might look different in urban settings compared to rural settings. And while one doggy daycare might be a great fit for one dog, um, it might be a disastrous fit for another. Um, So this has really been a hot topic on a lot of dog groups we frequent. Um, So we're excited to unpack this episode today.
0: Yeah, trusting somebody to care for your dog can be very stressful, so today we're going to share some tips on how to choose a suitable doggy daycare for your pooch. Cool. So, I guess the natural place to start
1: is to kind of unpack some of the different types of doggy daycares we might find. So, Ken, when you think of this, what really comes to mind?
0: Well, we've got indoor versus outdoor doggy facilities. So we have facilities that have a beautiful indoor space where the dogs are indoors their entire stay. Um, or we have the outdoor, um, comparison where they are outside most of their day most doggy daycares do have an indoor facility but it might not be suitable for larger play groups so the outdoor option is there Um, yeah and you also might see some facilities that have a solid mix
1: of both they might have a really great indoor facility but also have lots of outdoor space for the dogs as well
0: yeah yeah for sure um a lot of um Places around Kitchener Waterloo, I, I believe, are mostly indoor. But uh, if you go a little bit outside the city, you'll get a, a good mix of the both. Yep. Um, another one is like a large facility versus a home daycare. Again, we are talking about dogs. We're not talking about children. Um, but uh, yeah, we can think of um, lavish lair is a an example. Lavish lair is um, an in-home small doggy daycare. So they only take dogs less than I believe 20 pounds, and um, it is in her home and. Yeah. There's something like that versus somewhere like, let's say, Dogtopia. So Dogtopia yeah. is um, suitable to all dogs of shapes and sizes. Um, but the home daycare uh, might be a little more, well, it's a little niche because it's, you know, small dog, home daycare, yeah. taking care of. 24 seven being watched or as a larger facility, um, might, uh, yes, they still obviously have staff, but, uh, more dogs per person. So. Yep.
1: And for the home daycare, you might see that this is a service that a lot of trainers will offer. Um, sometimes it's a service they'll only offer for training clients. Um, but this is something that you do see as well Is um, trainers doing this sort of thing in their home. um, And these tend to be fairly small groups.
0: Yeah. And I think this bleeds nicely into the next point um, that we've made here is a structured versus unstructured daycare. So Justine, what does this mean? You've got Yeah, so a structured daycare
1: setting would involve um, really having like a a layout of what your dog's going to do that day. And it doesn't involve a whole lot of just running around like a maniac all day. (laughs) Um, So they might have, you know, a structured walk. They might have, you know, time to do things like place um, or other, you know, calming sort of activities. You'll see um, that some places do like big group naps where you see them up on like the the place cots and they're all having a nap together that's really cute so they have a bit of like a a structured nap time um usually these types of settings will do unstructured play um as well but it's for a a there's a parameter around it so we're gonna have all this structure but then for you know this half an hour you're gonna get to run around and play and you know be a dog, um, but often with a lot of supervision and um, I find those settings they are able to kind of intervene if things are going awry. <laughs>
0: um it it depends on your dog sorry it depends on your dog right like it yes it really does if you have a dog that you know that wouldn't do well in an unsupervised unstructured environment or if your dog has been kicked out from a unstructured (laughs) environment there's probably a reason why so a structured environment is the way for you don't lose hope if your dog is kicked out of a structured or unstructured sorry environment because it happens a lot
1: it does. And unstructured, um, can look, that this can take so many shapes and forms, but in some cases this might be kind of dog park style. So it's one large room, one large space, and the dogs are just available to kind of free roam, do what they want to do, engage with what dogs they want to engage with, um, in a, you know, off-leash, unstructured type setting. So this is something that is pretty common. But again, we're going to get into this in a little bit. But, you know, is that the right setting for your dog? Um, So we're not here to tell you today what is the right or wrong setting for your dog. We're just meant to kind of share the menu of options. Yes. So the other thing... Yeah, no judgment at all. You got to find what works best for you and your dog. Um, Another thing that you'll often see, and I... I see, I've seen like Instagram accounts in Toronto and stuff, but you'll see more of like the mobile doggy daycares I feel like have been popping up. So, um, it's often, these are like activity based and they'll market them as like day camp for your dog, which is so cute. Or They're really like,
0: popular on TikTok right now where they'll, oh, are come they? in a, they'll come in a bus and they'll pick up your dog and yeah. then they'll take them on like a day trip. It's yeah. so, so warming it. and
1: adorable. Yeah, so they'll make it like a, you know, it'll be like a doggy hiking day once a week. And they come and they pick up your dog and they take them hiking. And um, yeah, you're, you are, we're starting to see these kind of mobile type daycares. So if you want your dog to get out and, um, you know, enjoy nature get some socialization, this can be a really fun option. Um, Ken, what are the last two kind of types that we might see?
0: There are two more. Uh, We've got like a one-on-one service or a kennel style. So these are kind of separate, well, totally different almost than each other. Um, We've got a one-on-one. So that would be a trainer picks up your dog, takes care of your dog for the day, one-on-one, does some training, very structured, most likely. Um, Or finding someone on like Rover. Or finding somebody on Rover, which is a gamble. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I'm sure there are lots of amazing dog walkers and dog sitters on Rover, but again, um, it's it's hard to know uh, off the hop, but um, that's definitely an option that's out there. And then kennel style. So, I think we see this less for doggy daycare and more for, like, doggy vacation. Yeah. Um, But worth noting because it does exist. So, couple of main considerations um, for when you're thinking about sending your dog to daycare. This is the first thing I thought about and I wanted to send Marshall to daycare was to really try to understand what my intention was for sending Marshall to daycare. So if you're wanting to send your dog, what is your intention for that? Are you looking for structured socialization? Do you just want them to get their energy out? Are you looking for just a safe, simple place for them to be while you're at work? Do you want training? Really, what are you trying to get at? And I think that kind of helps shapes where you should start.
0: Yeah, that's really, really important, actually. Yeah. Um... So now we have a general understanding of what different types of doggy daycares look like. So let's take a quick break and come back to explore questions to ask and what to look for when you start your search.
1: Welcome back to the Dog-Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. In the first half of today's episode, we talked about the many types of doggy daycare settings. So let's dive into some things to think about as you embark. On your search. Good one.
0: I know. (laughs) All right. So, first, let's discuss some questions that you should ask a doggy daycare if you are interested in them. And what we mean by that is yes, there are many doggy daycares out there that do get many great reviews, I'm sure, on Google or Facebook or social media, wherever you see. But again, as we talked about in the first half, not every doggy daycare is suitable potentially for your dog. So,
1: and I will say, I'm going to, before we dive into this, I am a review queen. I review, I read reviews for everything. I won't go anywhere. If I haven't read the review, I won't access the service. If I haven't read the review that said for something like this, I would say, take the good reviews and the bad reviews with a grain of salt. Um, because your dog is unique. Um, so definitely take that into consideration because what, like we said, what works for one dog might not work for another. So, um, obviously you want to find a good spot for your dog, but, um, just something to keep in mind as you kind of dig into this a bit. So Ken's, what's the first thing you might want to ask a daycare to kind of get a sense of who they are and what they're all
0: about? So in my opinion, this one is one of the most important. It is what training methodologies do you use? So when we talk about training methodologies, we're talking about do you use force-free? Do you use positive reinforcement? Do you use balanced training? Um, You'll likely want a daycare that will align with your choice of methodology. um, As if your dog needs correction, how are they going to correct them? So... And I think it's it's fair to your
1: dog for you to access somewhere that uses similar training methodologies because that's what your dog's gonna know and understand.
0: Yes. Um
1: if if I sent Marshall to a daycare that implemented very different practices than what we use with him then that would be very confusing, I would imagine, for the dog. Um, the other thing is if you do um, use a balanced method yourself, and if you do use any sort of correction tool, whether that be um, a prong collar or a slip lead or a e-collar, um, that's something you will want to check in with with the is Do they permit the use of training tools? So if somebody's, you know, taking your dog out on a walk? Are they willing to do that with the training tool you have trained your dog on? Um, That's really important as well. And a lot of positive or force-free places won't allow that. So if that's um, what your training methodology is, then just something to consider.
0: Yeah. And again, there's nothing wrong with either or, um, but if uh, that's, uh, you nailed it, Justine. if your dog is used to something, don't confuse them. It just makes matters confusing for you and them. So, um, yeah, stick with what they know and, uh, you'll have a happy pup, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Um, some other kind of like standard ones that you're going to see. And I think you ask these questions just to make sure that you know that this place is doing their due diligence and, or checking all the boxes they should be, but asking them about what their vaccination requirements are and also what their spay and neuter requirements are. um, That, I think, gives you a really good gauge on the level of responsibility of the facility based on their answers to those questions. Um, So that's something you can ask as well. Um, This next one, Ken's, is really important.
0: Oh, yeah. Their staff-to-dog ratio. Just like children's daycare. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this one kills me. You believe me? I've again, I've seen horrible videos online of dog situations in daycares where there's one human for every 30 dogs or something, and it's it does it never ends well. So, uh, yeah, this is a huge, huge question to ask. What is your staff to dog ratio? If they don't have an answer, red flag. If they if they have an answer, it's like, oh, one person can take care of 20 dogs. That's a red flag. Um, so
1: I don't know what the standard is in the field. That would actually be a really good question for us to find out. I don't know what the standard is in the field for staff to dog ratios, but I know it's definitely not one to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure. If it sounds unreasonable, it's probably unreasonable. Um, so definitely something to keep in mind. The next one is do they have a daycare trial process? Um, and this is probably a good thing. They want to make sure that your dog is a good fit. Um, so they want to, you know, do a trial um, and you'll want to know what this will look like. Um, so I think this is a sign that the daycare facility really cares about the dogs that are coming into their facility and want to make sure that they're a good fit. Um, not only As that dog, but also a good fit with all the other dogs that they
0: have. Yep. And that one kind of goes nicely into the next is the makeup of dogs. So is there separation? Um, what is their energy levels like? What are the size of the dogs you have intermingling together? Again, thinking back, well, I'm thinking back now to Willa as a puppy she did not do well with larger puppies trampling her and having no sense of their body awareness and things like that. So do they have, you know, 10 pound dogs mixed in with 110 pound dogs? Do they have, um, you know, high, super high energy dogs, just intermingling with dogs that look visibly uncomfortable, um, because they're not hiding in the corner. Yeah. What do they do about situations like this? This is, these are the questions to ask. Um, do you have a small dog room? Do you have a large dog room? Do you have a calm room? Do you have a high energy room? Like what do you have that it, my dog will feel the most comfortable in? So, yeah. these are Do you a have crate. a safe space my dog can go if they get overwhelmed? Do you have crates? Do you have yeah. like private kennels if my dog wants to sleep? Maybe my dog doesn't want to be hanging out with all the other dogs. You know, so all many questions. Day. <laughs> yep. Yep. So many questions to ask. So uh, the, the next one this is a great question I doubt is asked very often. This would be one of my first questions I would ask. Really? Huh. Yeah.
1: What routine is followed throughout the day? 100%. Because I want to know that, On. It, I mean, if I'm paying a lot of money because daycare isn't cheap, if I'm paying to send my dog to daycare for eight hours a day and he. It's just going to run around unstructured the whole day and there's not going to be any like boundaries or expectations or quiet time. No, (laughs) I need to know that there's some sort of established routine for him because that's how I know he'll be successful. But that's different for me compared to other dog owners.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really great one that I don't think just a lot of people really think of. They say, okay, yeah, the dog goes to playtime at this time. The dog gets put in the crate at this time. Yeah, it's um that's a good one. Um, another really good one is what training and certifications do your staff have? Because a lot of <laughs> dog facilities, dog doggy daycare facilities specifically, let me retract, are kind of um how do I say this? There, are you know, potentially, you know, people who come in and they love dogs and that's great. You need to love dogs to work at a facility like a doggy daycare. But do you know anything about dog interactions? Do you know what uh, a healthy dog? Yeah. Do you know what a healthy dog language is? Do you know what healthy, you know, play is? Do you know what not healthy play is? And this stuff is so, and this is why we see so much tension
1: in the dog training, dog methodology space. Um, this is why we see so much tension here is because there is no regulating body for training or certificates for um dog trainers, or really any dog professionals. There are so many different types of certificates out there. And as a regular old person who doesn't work in that space, it's really hard to know which training or certificate is actually credible. Yeah. So this can be a really challenging one, but, you know, making sure that the staff have some training is going to be really important. Um couple of other really important things to ask would be around, you know, how do you manage problematic behaviors? How do you manage safety concerns? Um, that should be a really easy question for them to answer because these things do come up with dogs. Um, as a dog who struggles with resource guarding, are there toys or food around? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sending my dog to a daycare that has toys laying around.
0: Hell no. Yeah. Yeah. They or, or do, do your staff, you know, carry treats on them or anything. Is there is there water that is available to the dogs all the time? Because some dogs guard water like it can be a billion different things. Um, but yeah, these are again, if you have a dog that you are aware of uh, things like resource guarding, you need to be very careful of. Um, yeah. My, I love this next one. How are new dogs introduced? Are they just thrown into the room? Are they, you know, here you go, new dog. Meet 30 other new dogs, <laughs> and let's hope you get along.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and yeah. And... Again, that might work for some dogs, but I think that would also freak a lot of other dogs out. So just like humans, some humans are socially awkward. Some dogs are socially awkward. Some dogs don't want to be, you know, have their butt sniffed by a hundred different new dogs. You know, it's... um, Okay, and the last
1: thing that I like to ask, because... I love at the end of daycare day being like, how did Marshall do today (laughs) is to ask, you know, what kind of report will I get at the end of the day? What are you, you know, do you have enough staff that you're going to be able to tell me, you know, how my dog was today, whether that's good or bad, what they struggled with, what they did well with. It can, I would say Marshall's daycare days have informed so much of our training and have informed so much of what we can work on. Um, and it's just so helpful to get that feedback. And like the last couple of weeks that he's been going, the feedback has been Marshall's doing so well these days.
0: And I'm like, finally,
1: it all pays and, off. But and if you get a bad daycare report, it's okay.
0: Again, it's <laughs> it just happens. something else that you need. To, it's it's your dog is. Always changing, and you always like, even my dogs are five and six almost. I'm still learning new things about them. Like, this is how it goes. Okay, well, before we wrap
1: this up, just some special considerations for certain types of dogs. So, if you're looking at a doggy daycare, and if you have a super high energy dog, if we go back to our play episode where we talked about different styles of play and we talked about the roughhousers, if that's one of your dogs, maybe a more structured environment is better for them. Um, what's their level of socialization? What's their size? If they're super well socialized and they're that happy-go-lucky golden retriever that gets along with everything that moves, great. Send them anywhere, <laughs> yeah. right? Just find find a good fit for your dog. You know your dog best, right?
0: There you have it. Uh, There are some tips for your doggy daycare search. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
1: You've been listening to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast. We hope today's episode helped you feel more prepared to choose a daycare setting that's suitable for your pooch. So before we wrap up, we've kind of alluded to this throughout the episode, but we're going to make it crystal clear. So before we wrap up, let's each share the ideal daycare situation for each of our dogs. So Mackenzie, you're up first.
0: Okay. Well, Home daycare, 100%. My dogs need a bed. My dogs need a blanket. They need to be able to be dressed if they are to go outside. I need somebody who will be 100% accommodating to my little divas. So probably an unstructured, bougie home daycare. That is exactly what it would be.
1: Okay. Mine is very different. Um, So Marshall has been going to a home daycare um, over the last year and a half. Um, so that is a, it starts with a pack walk and then the afternoon is a mix of nap time, structured and unstructured socialization. His daycare situation has shifted and now he only has his pack walk, which is great, but I have been looking at other daycares and there's a couple of things that are important to me. So a structured setting is very important to me. So making sure that they do, um, keep a really close eye in those unstructured settings and are offering corrections as needed. Marshall can be a lot and he does need to be corrected because he sometimes doesn't take cues from other dogs and can be annoying. So he sometimes needs a human to say, Hey, that's enough. Um, so definitely that is really important to me. No toys, no food. Cause he's got some guarding stuff occasionally. Um, and ideally some time outside and some time inside, um, with like a solid routine. Um, so just structured, has a schedule and time for him to burn off energy, but also still have structure and boundaries and expectations,
0: um, while socializing with his buddies. All right. Well, thank you for tuning into today's dog friendly KW podcast until next time. We'll talk to you about some more dog stuff.